What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. And first of all, I got to start with an apology. I missed last week's episode. Why? Well, because I delayed it until around midweek when I've been posting more regularly around midweek lately and came down with some sort of a bug. I'm not sure what exactly caused it and I'm not sure what exactly it was, but I ended up feeling pretty bad and ended up in bed with a temperature and so uh, it just basically threw me out completely and made it impossible to uh, to make the podcast. So guys, apologies for that. Next, I want to talk about is, um, first of all, if you're looking on the YouTube channel, um, uh, you know, obviously you guys on listening in on audio, you can't see this, but I'm actually recording this from my new home studio. Now my new home studio, looking back, it's got a bit of, there's a, there's a backdrop here that I'm trying to create, but it is still a work in progress. So it's pretty unfinished looking. And also you may be wondering about the sound quality. I have this small little lav mic that I'm testing out, but I have actually ordered a brand new uh, super duper microphone. So hopefully next week's episode, you're gonna see a big difference in the audio quality. Um, what I'm going to be talking about now is just a slight change in the format to the way I've been doing the podcast. Uh, what I want to do is start doing a little bit more video, but I don't want to have to create a whole lot of extra work. So what I've actually decided to do is start putting out a, a kind of a really focused piece of content every week over in YouTube. And what I'm going to do here is play the video for you or the audio for you so you can actually get it in here but if you want to see the original you'll find it over in my personal youtube channel gavin j gallagher now what else oh yes i wanted to just tell you about a new whatsapp group that i have or not a whatsapp group a whatsapp channel that i've created for this podcast now many of you who are listening will be members of the facebook group that we created in there and I like I know at the moment there's about let me see the exact number I think it's closer to like 500 or something like that we have um, we have got trying to get the exact number uh, it's always oh yeah 484 members in there so 484 members can't be wrong but what I am going to do is start posting also to the whatsapp channel and I know a lot of people don't use Facebook as much as they used to but uh, WhatsApp is becoming quite a replacement for it with Facebook or with WhatsApp groups and stuff. So I'm gonna test out this new channel. I'm gonna be putting a link below in the show notes if you want to click on that. Already we have four members that have figured it out uh, since I just made it this afternoon. Um, what I'm gonna do now is bring you through to the, uh, I'm gonna play the video that I'm creating over in YouTube. And if you listen to this, let me know what you think. It has come about from a viral video I've created in TikTok talking about the recession or whether we're going to have a recession. And that is a question that I'm getting more and more frequently. And a lot of the time 
when you hear a question like that more and more frequently, the chances of it happening are obviously increased because more and more people are worried about it. And clearly that is, uh, you know, of interest out there. So that's what the video is about. I'm hoping you're going to enjoy this new format. And before I close out and play that video, just want to say hello to various members who have joined the Mastermind or various programs of mine. So they're all listeners of the podcast. So that would be Charlie, Owen, Mikey, Barry, Max, Podrick, Pat and Brendan. Welcome guys. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks for also becoming clients over in the Elite Property uh, Mastermind or the various educational programs. So guys, without further ado, let's go through now to the main topic. I'll see you on the other side. As the host of a real estate podcast, I get a lot of questions, the nature of which are very wide and um, it's a very wide spectrum. And what I get is questions on how should I get started? What should I buy? Um, all of those kind of questions. But lately I've been seeing one particular question coming up time and time again. And it's, you know, seeing this question so often, clearly it's on people's minds. And that is, am I expecting another recession to hit? So in this video, I'm going to explore is another recession and a property crash inevitable. Now, before we get started, we want to probably agree on a couple of definitions and like what is the technical definition of a recession? Now, according to ChatGPT or otherwise known as God, um, a recession is defined as, and let me read this to you, a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy, lasting more than a few months, normally visible in real GDP, real income, employment, industrial production, and wholesale retail sales. However, a more simplified and frequently cited rule of thumb is that a recession occurs when there are two consecutive quarters of negative growth in real GDP. So negative growth, two consecutive quarters of negative growth in GDP. You've got to think about this. If we're, if we're looking at negative growth in GDP, is the Irish economy suffering from a recession? Well, no, actually, it is absolutely nowhere near. In fact, according to the Central Statistics Office, the CSO, in 2022, Ireland's GDP grew by 9.4%. Now, remember, negative GDP. So it is 9.4% away from negative GDP. This effectively makes us, the Irish economy, the strongest performing economy in the entire EU. Uh, so strong, in fact, that Ireland's performance single-handedly pulled the entire EU out of a recession last year. Now, according to wisevoter.com, which is a US-based think tank, I guess you'd call it, Ireland is now ranked as the third richest country in the world when measured by, met uh, by the metric GDP per capita. 
And believe it or not, that ranks us above both Switzerland and Norway. And we are just outside of uh, both Bermuda in second place and Luxembourg at the top. Now, needless to say, with this kind of economic performance, it would be very easy to say that the likelihood that we're going to experience any kind of recession anytime soon is really, really slim. At least when you look at it from the strictest definition, technical de definition of the term recession. But if we go and think about this in a more broad and general sort of sense, you know, the general economy, there's definitely signs that the economy is starting to show some struggles and that there are some challenges. And why is that? Well, primarily it is caused by inflation the cost of interest rates and the cost of living in general. Now, people are definitely feeling it in their wallets and they are adjusting their spending accord accordingly, which of course filters down. And uh, when you ask like what has caused inflation? Well, there are multiple causes for it and it stems from the, the lockdowns, the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic created this um, this lockdown and everyone was at home. So nobody was spending on restaurants, on holidays and all of that kind of stuff. And that meant that there was A, a lot of money saved up, but B, there was a pent up demand for these things. People weren't able to do any of this stuff for a long period of time. So when it eventually came back, everyone felt like, let's go out and effectively party. Now, in addition to that, there was government stimulus to basically prevent a, an economic crash at the time during lockdowns. Because if you had all of these people being made unemployed at the same time, and if there was no basically safety net there to prevent them from all starving, you were gonna be in a situation where there was mass unemployment. Now, those are two factors that caused it. But then to add you know, insult to injury, we had the Russian invasion of Ukraine back in February last year. And what that has done is it has driven up oil prices. And those oil prices, they hit a high uh, sometimes around, around the last summer. And then it started to ease off as alternative sources were found. And, you know, uh, the gas was sourced from Qatar and various things like that. So they managed to find, the purchasers of Russian oil and gas managed to find alternative routes and everything was starting to kind of calm down. Then Hamas attacked Israel just in the last week or two. And what that has done is it has made an awful lot of international commodity traders very, very nervous. Anytime there is any kind of prospect of a war in the um, Middle East, it drives up oil prices. And that is because obviously most, most of the oil in the world is produced in the Middle East. And so if you start to see any kind of uncertainty around that, it drives up prices. So what has happened? Prices are rising again, certainly at the petrol pumps, but we already have you know, a fall in inflation everywhere else. But now suddenly we're looking back at oil prices increasing. And this will definitely feed into inflation, whether or not it has a major impact on inflation. That's the bit that remains to be seen. If it does, there is a risk that the central banks will have to respond again to inflation, rising inflation. 
And in other words, like what does that mean? That means that interest rates could, believe it or not, increase further. Like already interest rates are causing a lot of pain for a lot of investors out there, just a lot of normal people, not just investors. And it is driving landlords out of the market as we speak. Now, while most central banks in recent times have been indicating that they've reached a peak in their uh, interest rate increases, and the only question really was that they were going to pause their increases and it was probably going to sit at a kind of plateau for a period of time. So the question really was, how long can you hold out for? But make no mistake, if inflation starts to rise again, there is no question that central banks will have to respond and will have to resume interest rate increases to counter it. And naturally enough, that would be a disaster for economically speaking, because you know consumer sentiment is already you know on the edge. That's going to push it further, and uh, that would in turn in impact consumer spending. And when consumer spending is impacted, then it filters down through the economy, and you start to see investment sentiment impacted, which of course filters down into the property market. Now, whilst this scenario may be unlikely, it is by no means an impossibility. And as an, uh, as an investor, I would strongly recommend that you eliminate the term impossible from your vocabulary because, and I mean that both from a positive and a negative standpoint. Um, if you believe something is impossible, if you believe something bad is impossible, it sets you up for potentially unpleasant surprises in the future. But then equally, believing that something good is impossible because it's either difficult to achieve or very unlikely, that would be a poor mindset to start out with. Further interest rate increases uh, are certainly not impossible, but one should not take the view that making money in a difficult market is impossible. Um, remember, opportunities can be found pretty much in any market at all. Um, you just have to be actively looking for them and you have to adjust your risk, your, your, you know, basically your tolerance for risk needs to be set at a certain level and you need to price the assets accordingly. Um, the majority of investors will stop investing, will stop looking at the market altogether when they perceive it to be a risky time. If you think about it like that, that would mean that there is a major opportunity for the minority of investors out there who may be contrarian uh, in the way they look at the market. And uh, so this presents an opportunity. Um, in 2011, if you go back after the 2008 crash, market was really just depressed and it went down for several years. And in 2011, there was so few investors in the market that the Irish government had to actually bring in stimulus to actually create transactions in the property market. And what they did was they introduced the capital gains holiday. Um, and that was for both companies and individuals. And that ran for three years from the very end of 2011. So it was basically for all of the calendar year 2012, 2013 and 2014. And the only criteria really was that the assets had to be held for seven years before you could sell them again. But you didn't pay any capital gains tax at that period of time. And a lot of people made a huge amount of money 
when they did that. So remember, risky time does not mean stop investing. It just means adjust your posture and adjust for risk, adjust accordingly. And this could basically, what this means is you could make significant discounts in the asking price when you're making an offer. Like don't take the, the, the asking price, go significantly below the, the asking price or just simply price, uh, you know, make an offer that you are happy to stand over based on what you believe uh, rates are going to go to. Now, if the, sell, the seller does not have to accept your offer and, you know, sometimes I've seen that when you make a low offer like that, that the, the seller will actually feel insulted and they'll like, they'll tell you where to go. But there will be some out there. They may, they may be a small number, but there will be some out there that will actually accept your uh, offer and they'll decide. And you might be saying like, why would somebody accept a real low ball offer? Well, maybe they have overextended themselves. Maybe they have their back to the wall. Maybe they're struggling with payments as it is. Uh, they took on too large of a mortgage or they're worried about future rate increases or perhaps simply their circumstances have changed. And with their circumstances changing, they've decided that they need to get out of the market. And so unless you are actually making offers in the market, looking for things, it's going to be very hard for you to find those deals. And so that's one of the reasons to go out and look for them. Assuming you can fund them, of course, because banks are tightening their belts and making their criteria for lending a lot more difficult. So let's get to the question like, are when people ask me, am I expecting a recession? I think what they're really asking is, am I expecting a property crash? And a, you know, a recession and a property crash are two very different things. And if, like me, you are a com in the commercial office sector, then you might be forgiven for thinking that we're already deep in the middle of a uh, property crash because it is bloody tough out there, I can tell you. Um, but I think what you probably mean is, is a housing crash likely? And could the housing market crash like it did back in 2008? Uh, my response is no chance. And uh, like you might be saying, like, why are you so certain? Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the prices are not going to fall. I'm just simply saying that what we saw in 2008, the 2008 crash was entirely different. You know, it was fueled by rampant speculation. And you've got to think about that market then compared to the market now. Back in 2008, you had easy credit um, and that you know the credit was given out by very very poor lending criteria you could I, I remember borrowing money and it was just literally pick up the phone ring and you could have money straight away without any real pushback um, also you had 3x the volume of housing output today's housing demand outstrips supply by a full 2x and we are at maximum capacity. Like we cannot produce any more houses than we are at the moment. And we are still only producing 30% of the number of units that were built in the year 2007. So the big, big issue facing this market is affordability. 
demand and supply are not the issue and that is not that is different to 2008 in 2008 supply was outstripped by demand but demand was being driven not by necessity but by speculation if we're in a you know this sector now with affordability it means that interest rates are pushing people to the brink and they're also pushing banks to put pressure on people people no longer qualify for the same property that they did just one year ago. Having said that, the central bank did increase their criteria in lending. It used to be 3.5 times your income. Now it's four times your income. But even with four times your income, the rates have been pushed up, so your affordability has actually gone down. People also have to contend with like the cost of everything that has gone up in the interim. And so, I don't know, if you're trying to fund a major purchase like a home or something like that you'll obviously go to a lot you know a lot of ex extremes in order to tr try to afford to do that but if you're looking to speculate on a an investment property how far are you prepared to stretch yourself on that it's not a necessity compared to say feeding your family or putting a roof on their head or whatever so affordability is the risk uh, not supply not the demand and the the imbalance between the two if rates fall the buying frenzy will continue because the demand is there and it's absolutely off the charts our population is at the highest it's been in 175 years and therefore we just do not have the number of houses in the market for the numbers of people and we also have a net inward migration that is something like 60 or 100,000 people. All of this is going to mean that rates, the you know what happens to rates is going to be the single factor that moves the market up or down. All right guys, I hope you found this week's uh, format useful. I hope you like the new uh, the, like the fact that the video has been played there for you. If you're listening in an audio it really won't have made much of a difference, I think, to your usual content. But it's just, I think there's just a greater way of getting discovered in YouTube. So I'm making the videos kind of optimized for that plot platform. Um, that's about it for this week. What I will say to you is just a reminder that that WhatsApp channel is now live and there are people starting to join it. So please join in there. If you're not a big fan of the, the old Facebook groups, then this might be a better way for you to follow along. And I'm always looking for content. Now that I've got this new uh, YouTube sort of strategy, I would be interested to hear any content that you think you would like me to make for you know a very specific content choice. And so I'll be putting out a weekly video that's really honed in on one specific area. And uh, if you have any suggestions, I'm all ears. Uh, until next week, talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group that is called Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. You can stay up to date with all of my content and the various projects I'm working on over on my website, GavinJGallagher.com. And while you're there, please do add your name to the Join My Tribe thing over on the right-hand side. This will ensure you're kept up to date via my weekly newsletter. All of these links are in the show notes below. 
that's all for now. I will see you guys in the next episode.